welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to the ICU podcast. This is episode 48, Skin Deep. I'm actually pre-recording this episode because I'm going to be on my family reunion during the time that I release this. So I want to spend all that good time with family. So I'm pre-recording and I'm super excited because I have my two best friends from high school here and we're going to focus on Molly's story today, but it's kind of fun because Jenna's also here in the room. So say hello, everyone. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Gang's all back together. So that's fun. And I'm actually going to share a story at the very beginning. So if listeners remember, I am asking people to submit stories where you felt scene where someone had compassion on you or connected with you or you were able to do that for someone else or you saw that in someone else's life. So I'm going to share mine today. And the one I want to share today is actually to do with these two girls that are sitting here. So we became very, very close our freshman year. We've always kind of stayed in touch and now we Marco Polo all the time and it's the best and it's fun we get to be here together. A time when I really felt seen by these two so many different times. We've had so many times that we've cried over things together and we've all seen each other go through different losses. If you listen to my story in episode one, I came home after a really traumatic experience while I was student teaching out of state. I came home and my two, these two best friends, they sent me flowers and that was pretty cool because they couldn't be there in person and I know if they were that they would have been so understanding but they couldn't be here but they wanted to make sure that I felt seen and anyway, I was seen so thanks guys. I love you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we're going to start our interview. What? I just have to cough. Okay, cough. Okay, Molly. It's so good to have you. Welcome. Thanks. Thank you. I usually say how do we know each other? How do we know each other? So we know each other from high school. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably like ninth grade, right? Yeah, that's ninth when grade. we really hit it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's when we knew we were going to be buddies. Yeah. And we've just been connected ever since. Yeah, it's pretty special. You live in Pennsylvania now, mm-hmm. and I live in Utah. Yep. Sometimes that's sad, but Marco Polo. Hashtag Marco, Marco Polo. Marco Polo helps all the problems. All the problems. <laughs> fixes all the problems <laughs> and all the lives. All the connections. All the connections. Okay, will you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, Molly? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm in Pennsylvania. I have four girls, and I come from a big family. I'm the youngest of a lot of kids. And I love to do outdoorsy things, and I love self-help. Just like the past couple of years, probably with what we're going to talk about, that's when I really started getting into self-help. It's been something that's helped me, just learning about how people work and how my own mind works and getting to know myself better. It's been very good for me, but it's also just fascinating in general. Kind of noticing myself as a person, being like an observer of myself, it's interesting. And I also am fascinated by other people. I feel like that's kind of one of my things lately that I've just been getting into. You introduced me to Byron Katie. Yes, I love Byron Katie. She's so amazing. Look her her up. up. Just look up Byron Katie quotes and you'll be like flooded with goodness. It's awesome. The episode we called Skin Deep. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your experiences with your skin issues. Okay. I feel like as a teenager, I feel like I kind of just had acne off and on for as long as I can remember. But in my mind, it always felt like a bigger thing, I think. I think it was about 2016 when I started to obsess about my skin. I wanted it to all go away and I started to notice 
tiny little bumps forming on my, like all over my scalp and all over my face. And it was really itchy. I think if something like that happens, you can get treatment for it and, and just decide, I'm going to try and figure this out and, and just, you know, do things to get help and work through it. But for me, it was, it became an obsession. I wanted it to get better. And then I freaked out and thought, oh no, I've had acne for so long. It's getting worse. I went to a dermatologist and I got some creams and I tried them for just a little bit and I thought it's not working. And then I got more creams and I tried different pills, different medications. I think it can be so helpful to go to a dermatologist, but I switched things pretty quickly and I was just very anxious. I was very anxious about about getting better and I started to notice other people's skin. Everywhere I went, I just would notice people who had clear skin all the time and I thought, I had in my mind images of my face being morphed and scarred and just these images of what my future was gonna be like. I wasn't in my right mind. I just was very obsessive about my skin. And as I got treatment for different things with my face, my face got worse. And I know for a lot of people who go through acne and you are on a treatment, sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. So I would tell myself, maybe it's just getting going to get worse before it gets better. But I would take pictures every single day in the mirror of my face. It wasn't like every week. It was every single day. And it was for, I don't know how long, a few months, probably every single day. And I would compare day after day of how it looked and my face did react pretty horribly to all the stuff that I was trying to fix. I started to get a lot of pustules all over and I started Is to... pustules just pus pockets? Yeah, like okay. white, white, white heads, heads, but some bigger, some more inflamed, but okay. just all over, all down my neck, kind of rashy looking and red. It was pretty bad. I wanted to stay inside. Like I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want anybody to see how bad my face was. If people would invite me to things, I would try to figure out a way to not go. And I do remember though, at one point it affected my kids. Like I remember at one point being like, my kids need to get out more. (laughs) And that sounds so sad because they did have friends and sort of played with neighbors, you know, stuff like that. But I realized that the more I stayed inside, they were out less with people. I remember worrying that it was in our water Something was in our water that was making my skin so bad. I remember wanting to switch out the shower heads, worrying about the water that was just in our system. I remember diet big time. And I do think, you know, people can clear up their skin with some fixes in their their eating. But I remember some stuff that was obsessive. One night I pulled out a blow up air mattress in my room because I thought there was something in my bed that was making my body react. This is, this is big stuff. My husband was concerned. I remember that. And I would be too if it was reversed. (laughs) But I remember just thinking, is it something in my bed? I remember switching out pillowcases a lot and Googling, Googling for hours. And not necessarily like all in one day, but just hours of Googling, taking pictures daily of my skin. I remember you talking on the phone and you were making a log. It reminded me of like a science project where you yeah. compared things. And I was and you excited about it, it you in a way. Excited. I was like, I'm, it's like an experiment. I'll see if I get better. But I remember one day my sister on the phone was like, could you just take like one a week and not every day? And I remember thinking, no, why would I do that? I've got to get this accurate. It took over your life. It took over my life. And I think it's good I'm talking about these things just to tell you if you're dealing with anything with anxiety, it doesn't have to be appearance either, just anything, that it is something else. You're not alone and I can relate to having these obsessive thoughts. I don't have those thoughts now, but they were kind of ruling my life for a while. And I'm realizing sharing this right now sounds pretty extreme. I'm sharing it for a reason because it's real. When people go through anxiety, it's, it's... something else. It's something else. 
I thought I was thinking pretty rationally. I knew I was obsessing, but I also thought this is my reality. This is my problem. This is my skin. You thought it kind of all made sense with what was going on. Right. Right. But my husband would come home from work and find me on the ground crying day after day because I was just so mortified and so sad. But he was so loving. What was going on internally during this time? And how was that connected to the outside of the appearance? Okay. At this time, I was very anxious about my skin, but it was anxiety about my appearance with other people and about people pleasing. I wanted to appear a certain way to people. I wanted to look good. I wanted to be everything to everyone. I just didn't want to have any problems, and I didn't want people to notice my problems, you know? Which is interesting, because can I just say, Mm -hmm. having grown up beside you, you've always been a really confident, outgoing person. Mm -hmm. You definitely don't come across as someone that's really self-conscious or insecure. But these situations bring out things, different perspective all of a sudden. Yeah, it's different. It's different. Like how my sister has been like, you're the last person I would ever expect in our family to ever struggle with depression. Yeah. Means I'm right? You yeah. just don't know. Totally. You nailed it. Yeah, exactly. A part of me knew that I was being obsessive, but I didn't know how to figure things out. At one point, I came across someone. I can tell you her name, but I don't know that you'll read her book. But her name's Georgie Holbrook because it's an acne book. <laughs> <laughs> but it was about how she healed her skin. And she talks about all these things she did internally, like her healing mentally and physically too. But for me, the stuff that I got from her book was, holy cow, she's, she's talking about healing her spirit, healing her mind. I remember right around that time too, I rented Gandhi from the library <laughs> and I just watched Gandhi, like the old Gandhi I watched in junior high that I was bored by. I watched it at home and it was long and I remember being like so inspired by this man. He was able to just feel so much peace and offer that peace to so many people. And he had dealt with anger and other things in the past, but he was able to find that. Things like this, like this book and Gandhi, I don't have to tell you these specific things to go look at. I came across different things that led me, started my healing journey to start helping myself inside instead of trying to heal my skin. Interesting. Does that make sense? So is it kind of like the outside appearance problem to Mm -hmm. you made you aware of things inside? Made you aware that you weren't solid on your worth inside and that you were a people pleaser? Yes, but I was almost kind of like, oh, okay, so now I want to heal on the inside so I can help my skin get better. It's so still I like a to-do list there. plan. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't quite there. But the then motivation I was started, still your appearance. It was still my appearance. So I started to try to heal on the inside, and I started to learn things about myself. I started listening to different podcasts. I found Byron Katie. She teaches a lot of stuff about like healing your mind. And I listened to someone named Neil A. Maxwell. The things he talks about were just really healing for me. So I started doing this and still thinking, maybe that could help my skin get better. But as I started doing this, I fell in love with it. I was like, oh my word, I'm feeling so much peace. And then I started meditating. In the past, I thought I would never be able to meditate. You know, good for people who can meditate, but yeah. my mind is too all over the place. I used but to think I of was, like the baboon on Lion King. Yeah. Like, with his legs crossed. <laughs> yeah, good for the baboon and everyone else yeah. who can meditate, but I can't meditate. <laughs> yeah, so I started to meditate and all I would do... I would just sit outside and I would breathe and hold it and breathe back out. And I would, I would imagine things about myself, like walking outside or, or I would just not imagine anything. And I'd just stare at my surroundings or close my eyes. Nothing big. I would just calm myself. I think my heart was so broken that it was able to be open enough to heal and open enough to do something like meditation. It was like, I was so in this hard spot that I was willing to just like 
take in some really amazing things that I had never experienced. I felt greater peace than I remember ever feeling in my life. It became like a sacred time for me. This is like desperation, right? For anything. Yeah. And it became beautiful. I started feeling so good. And I remember thinking after learning a lot about healing and peace and all that good stuff, (laughs) I remember thinking I could have anything happen to my body on the outside and anyone could think anything about me and I could still feel peace within. Wow. And if I looked amazing and had everything I wanted with my looks at that time, because I was focused on that a lot, and I didn't feel peace in my heart, then it wouldn't be worth it. And obviously, you don't have to have the combination of look good and don't have it, or, you know, (laughs) you can have whatever. But the looks and the appearance, it's It's not not enough. It's not. It's not important. You know, we care about taking care of ourselves, and it's okay to want to dress up and look good or whatever, but whoever you are and however you look, what is important is just... Just feeling, just feeling good inside. It's important to feel good. This is some of the peace I felt. Because I I would do these mind exercises. Like you go, what if? And you go down this train of what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking, what if someone's like, your skin is so bad? (laughs) 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 Ah, pizza face. (laughs) Yeah, like what if your skin is so bad? And I thought, I would feel bad that they had that thought. I would feel bad for them that they had that stressful thought because I feel peace right now. And I genuinely Mm. felt that in that moment. And I remember thinking, this is so cool. It almost felt like a little bit of a high. (laughs) It's like transcendent. That's what I think of like when people talk about having like a transcendent experience. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I felt it. I felt it. I felt something different. It was neat. So even though I went through something like that, I learned some of the coolest stuff and I will say over time my skin did clear up and even now I I have breakouts or you know stuff like that but it's not important it's not and I do care it's not like I don't want to have good skin and and have things cleared up it's not like I'm like oh breakouts that's fine you know we got this (laughs) pop it yeah (laughs) let's have fun no but I just feel like I can live my life one other memory I had I remember going to a an appointment at a pediatrician for one of my kids and I was taking a survey and this is when I was feeling good but you take a survey of how the parents doing it was something like do you feel joy today or did you laugh or it's just like when was the last time you laughed or something like this like survey thing Mm -hmm. and I remember filling out good numbers but I remember looking at it and going if I was asked this three or four months ago I would have been at zero to one for most of it wow and I remember just thinking I don't want to be there and I'm just so grateful I'm not there. And I did do some exercises, maybe with David Burns. He does like Feeling Good Handbook or When Panic Attacks. Mm. Oh, When Panic Attacks. I have that one. Okay. Yeah. And he does do exercises like that. And I remember scoring really low on some of those. Mm -hmm. Same. Yeah. And I think, you know, eventually I would have probably needed to get help as well, like extra help. I did do some extra things-ish. Like I joined someone's coaching program like a life coach Mm -hmm. for a while and that actually really helped a lot I did heal yeah you could see if it escalated that you were gonna have to have someone else yes and if it escalates for anybody who's listening it is so worth getting help Mm -hmm. it is so worth it it like the only things that matter are to just like feel some sense of peace and connect with other people and it's okay to struggle there's nothing wrong with struggling Struggling is not wrong. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's just hard. It's not wrong. It's not wrong. Who showed you compassion or connected with you in a way that helped you be able to heal? 
Oh my word, so many stinking people. <laughs> really? Oh, do I have to, like, what do you do here? Do you, like, pick one or two? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let me think of somebody. I do have to say my husband, he would sit with me a lot and just talk with me and just listen. He had a graduation dinner or something in his program. He wasn't graduating, but other people were. And, you know, we, it was a work dinner. And he's like, do you want to go? And I remember thinking, this is when I was in my lowest, you know, thinking, do you, you want, he wants me to go. Isn't that sad? Yeah. But I was like, he wants me to go like this. Like, right. that's how sad that is. But he was like, of course I want you to go. Yes, I want you to go, you know. But he wasn't condescending. He wasn't like snap out of it. You know, he's been through something before that helped him have some empathy. Well, and he was a stepping stone on my journey. Do you yeah, remember that? I totally remember I that. used to call him. There was a couple times I called him when he kind of helped me see reality, and I cried my eyes out to him. Yeah. Because he's had some, some, he's had some similar experiences. He had some anxiety stuff that just yeah. like kicked in and in medical, medical school. school. Yep. I think almost because he's been through that and because he's so loving, but that I think that helped a lot. And then along with so many other people, <laughs> people I don't know, people I don't know, Byron Katie, people who taught me stuff I've never learned before. I needed that. I just needed to be like, oh, it's like a whole new world opened up, you know, yeah. all those names I mentioned earlier. Someone I got to know in Pennsylvania. This was around the time when I moved to Pennsylvania. So I was going through my own anxiety while I was in a new place. It was different. But I met a girl and her name's Hillary. And she learned to see me and she listened to me and talked to me. And she shared things with me that were really helpful. And I just felt like I could tell her anything. And I didn't even know her that well until then. But I jumped right in to our friendship having this going on at the same time and I felt like I could tell her anything. Isn't that interesting? That's exactly how it was with my friend Tashi. That's so cool. She just, just had moved in it. from the second we met. It was like, okay, this is me in real life right now. That's so cool. And they still want to be your friend. Yeah. It's like God puts people in our lives. That's so cool. It's like you two That's need good. each other. You and Hillary probably needed each other. Yeah. Oh my word. We're in, yeah. And we're still so close. Probably also it helps that we're yeah. close during hard things together. It bonds you for life. How have your experiences given you empathy for others who have these similar experiences of like an identity crisis inside? I think everything we struggle with is within us. Even mm. when it's a circumstance in our lives that is so hard, it's inside of us that hurts. Like if someone's struggling with the way they appear, especially with weight or skin or anything, anything with the way you appear, I don't judge that so much because I know what it's like for my mind to go there. I would say to those people, take your time to heal. I feel like there's a great person underneath those anxious thoughts, you know? I don't know how to put it into words. I just, on this ICU podcast, I really do see those people. I can't judge them. I know what it's like. What are some ways to see someone who's experiencing that kind of pain? I would say don't rush things with them and don't just tell someone to snap out of it because that can be painful. If you see someone with pain like this, just love them. Just love them and tell them how awesome they are because they're amazing. They're amazing. They're so much more than their struggle. They're so much more than what's on the outside. And, and it's likely that what they're struggling with, they're thinking about way more than other people are thinking about. I would also say, and wouldn't you agree on this? We've talked about this before, so I already know you agree with me on it. Yeah. But being comfortable with allowing emotion 
you like last night I started crying you came over and gave me a hug and yeah. we talk, you know what I mean we can cry yeah we also don't need to force crying obviously right. <laughs> but if it happens you came across the table and sat next to me and snuggled me up yeah. it's having people that are willing to sit in the uncomfortableness of yeah. not knowing what to do exactly and if you don't relate to them who cares? You Who know? cares? Just know that you're human too and you struggle with your own stuff. Just love them. You don't need to have advice for that specific situation. Suffering is suffering is suffering. It like, is. It's all the same. Once you've been in that desperation, that desperation of when you're like, I will do anything. I will try anything. I will rub an oil on my heels and say a chant five times and my do a cartwheel. Yeah, totally. If I thought yeah, it would help. Absolutely. When you're desperate. Yeah. yeah. And I think when you have known that, it's easier to relate than maybe you would have thought. Yeah. No matter what anyone's struggle is, just love them. Just love them. Let them struggle. You don't want to not help, but be okay with them. Accept them with their struggle. And they don't need to snap out of it because they will in their own time. There's someone listening that is hurting. What would be your message to them, Molly? My message to you would be, as hard as it sounds, to be patient with yourself and to know that it does get better as you seek help, as you decide that you're worth it. You're worth whatever help you need to get. You're worth it. Whatever you're going through, it does not have to look a certain way circumstantially to be pain. You do not have to compare your your circumstances with anybody else because when you're feeling pain, it's pain. And so just validate your own pain. <laughs> validate your own pain, but know that you're worth it and seek help. Give yourself time and space to heal. I like had this little flashback just barely of sitting in Lydia's nursery in my old house on the rocking chair talking to you when things were so bad and I had yeah. been there before. And you said, do you know about my skin issues? And I was like, what are you talking about? I know I know, you always joked about having acne or whatever. But it's like you said, it's like something you thought about all the time. But I kind of even forgot you ever had acne. I don't know. We talked about it. but And then I remember you talking about it. And you're like, it sounds so dumb. But then you started crying. And it was so much deeper than that. Your heart and soul figuring yourself out of how do I not give in to the world's expectations of what I'm supposed to look? How do I find yeah. me in all yeah. of this? Yeah. And I just had that flashlight just barely. Now you're here and you're yeah. telling other people. Yeah. And you're just I full of light. And helping me. I remember being like, she would be able to talk to me about something like this because I remember when you struggled and you were just so loving about hearing my story. And I remember being scared to share with people. Yeah. Because you story, felt like it sounded kind I of I felt dumb. like it sounded embarrassing, silly. Why am I worried about this? Or I'm breaking out. Why am I telling everybody? You know, stuff like that. But it doesn't really matter what your story is because we all have stuff. It just has a different name. Struggle just has different names, but it's all kind of the same. Specific struggles bring out things that were already there mm. inside you, yeah. but it's like cleaning out the backs of the yeah. cupboards. Actually, you, really aren't, you aren't solid on your self-worth. I don't think yeah. if this is taken away. That's really good. I did accept myself before my skin healed. I did. Mm. And that was cool. And there were peaks and it, it did kind of get better and then got hard and then got better and got hard. But overall, it was going up. And your journey doesn't have to look exactly like someone else's. If you go and get advice from people, take it if it helps you. Know that you're individual. Also, I believe in God and I say pray to God and seek his help and give it. Give it to him. I remember so many sacred experiences so many sacred experiences in this of just have faith and you'll be healed have faith and you'll be healed over and over again and eventually over time 
it did work. But it wasn't like a snap of a finger. It wasn't, but for a good reason. Because if it was a snap of a finger, I wouldn't have gained the greater stuff. I would have been not as fortunate, I think. Because it would have been like a magic trick. It would have been like, yep, trick, you're healed, but you wouldn't have... I wouldn't have gained what I'm going to carry with me forever. I wouldn't have gained something I'll, I'll need to carry me through trials and things forever. That's so true. And that has certainly been the case with me. I really relate with that. You want healing right then and you want it your way, but then... It hurts. It hurts so bad sometimes to have to move forward without having that healing. Yeah. But then it kind of makes you turn everything from the inside out. I feel like it makes you figure out almost your will for life. What is what, what really is your matters. will? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do when you don't feel hope? What is your actual will? Do you choose to get up and still take care of your children? That's neat. Do you choose to try another day? And you yeah. kind of figure out what's my will? What I is the will that I want for things? Mm. And maybe for both of us, different healing. But if we had been healed in an instant, we wouldn't have found our will to mm. to live or to work or to mother, even yeah. when things were they were switched. Maybe it would maybe have shown powerful. up later in a different way. Yeah. And we you hadn't know? worked it out yet. Yeah. It's worth, it's worth working it out. It is worth it. Yeah. The superficial stuff fades away. When you deal with stuff that's a trial of your heart, which I think really every trial is, the superficial stuff just goes away. You're faced with what really matters. Molly, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Thanks for coming yeah. from Pennsylvania just for the podcast. Yep, that's exactly why I came. I came yesterday and I'm flying back out tomorrow. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but we made it work and it's been awesome. And now we're going to go no. watch a movie Thank or you so something. Much. You're the best. Love you, Jules. Thanks for being here, guys. If you would like to support the podcast in the message of ICU, you can go to icupodcast.com and click on support the podcast. Next time, I think what I'm going to do next week is I am going to share an interview. I was interviewed on the virtual couch, which is a popular podcast with the host, Tony Overbay. He interviewed me specifically. He wanted me to talk about shame over medication and my choice to use medication in my healing and what that journey has been like. And it was a pretty powerful interview for both of us. Just had some sweet moments in there where I was able to be really honest about some things that I haven't really talked about on here. It's received a lot of positive feedback in his podcast and in his private practice. And so I thought it might be worth sharing here. My name is Julie Lee. My name is Molly. And we We see see you. If you want to follow more of Sweet Molly's journey and the way that she's helping other people, you can follow her blog at www.presentlywonderful.com.